0: just thank you for this day. We thank you for those that are here, Lord. And if anybody's on their way, we ask you to bring them quickly. We ask you to just lead and guide us as we look at the, the sacrifices for the cleansing of the lepers. And we just thank you in your son's name. Amen. Amen. All right, Leviticus 14, starting at verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him, that is to be cleansed, two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command the one, that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over the running water. As for the living bird, it shall he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and dip them, and the living bird and the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle them upon him that is to be cleansed of the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean and and shall let the living bird loose into the open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair and wash himself in water, and he may be clean. And after that, he shall come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days and it shall be that on the seventh day he shall shave all of his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows, even all the hair that he was shall shave off, and he shall wash his clothes, uh, also uh, he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. And on the eighth day he shall take two key lambs without blemish and one ewe lamb, which of the first year without blemish, and three ten deals of flour for the meat offering, mingled with oil and a log of oil, and the priest shall make him make him clean. Shall present to the man that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And we'll stop there for because that's quite a bit of information already. All right, we've talked about leprosy in the in the past. And what is what does leprosy represent? Sin. Sin. So this is when he is cleansed of their leprosy or by symbolic picture their sin. And it says. This is the law of the leper. In the day of his cleansing, he shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take of him that is to be cleansed, two birds, alive and clean, cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. Okay, so this, the leper it starts the progress toward, the, toward this, the tabernacle, but because he's been a leper, He is not allowed to enter into the camp because he's been exiled. So he's gonna make it known that he needs to see the priest and the priest has to go out to see him. Okay, This is how it is when we come to God. We are not allowed to enter into heaven, but we make the step toward him and then he comes out and meets us and determines our our status. And so the priest will go out and behold him and if if he be healed, then the priest would say to grab, take two birds alive, cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. All right. So there's going to be two birds involved in this in this ceremony. Cedar, which is wood, and does anybody know what wood represents usually? Uh, man. Humanity, uh, humanity and scarlet, which is a representation of the blood, and hyssop, which we've seen hyssop used to sprinkle the blood in the sanct- in the in the temple. So those are the items they're going to take. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. Earthen vessel, clay pot. No, they're not gonna drown it, they're gonna kill it. They're gonna wring its neck. Because they want the blood, they want the blood out of it. So they're gonna wring its neck, but it's done in an earthen vessel. Earthen vessels represent flesh. The clay pot, the clay pots, they, they represent the flesh. So they're gonna kill this bird and its blood in running water and, and what is water represented most of our cases? The word of God. So the living word of God is, is running water and they're gonna kill this bird in a flesh, representing the flesh, water, the word of God and the blood which is representative of Jesus. So we're seeing Jesus' blood, the word of God, in, inside the flesh. And they're going to take and once they pull, poured, poured, squeezed out all the blood of that dead bird, or the blood from that dead bird into the water so they can do the ceremony, they're going to take the birds and they're going to put the bird, the wood, the scarlet, and the hyssop shall be dipped into the blood and the water in the earthen dish. Okay, this is again representing our our humanity, our flesh in the wood. The bird is going to represent us as well. The hyssop. Everything is going into this pot of blood and water, and that's represent Jesus, the outside flesh with the blood and the and the word inside him. Going dip the bird in this in this avenue, and then they're going to taken, they're going to sprinkle blood upon him who's being cleansed, being put under the blood of Christ, basically, as a picture. They're taking the sprinkling the blood, okay? And all through the scriptures, we see the sprinkling of the blood, the anointing of the blood, the picture of Jesus's blood being placed over us in a covering, a covering of our sin, a covering of who we are to make us righteous before because of his blood. It's an amazing picture when we think about all of this. You know, it's, it's gross in one sense because all this blood is laying around, but it is the sacrifice. Man sinned and it cost Jesus everything to buy us back. It cost him life. It cost him his blood to buy us back and to redeem us. And then after they've sprinkled the leper, the ex-leper seven times. I've heard pastors say that this procedure had never been done in all of history. I can't. I can't verify that. I don't know that it didn't, that no leper had ever been cleansed. Uh, we know Nahum was was a general for for an enemy who got cleansed, but he wouldn't have gone through this cleansing process. Um, I don't know that this never happened until Jesus came around, but I'm. I'm not going to say it didn't. Uh, I've heard people say very authoritatively that it didn't, but I'm—I can't say that. All right. So after after they sprinkled the, the ex-leper seven times, they pronounced him clean. They let the living bird loose. The reason being is the re- living bird represents his sins that are released and, and sent away from him. So it's a scapegoat, in the in the in the. Uh, sacrifice of the Day of Atonement. They put their hands on the scapegoat. The scapegoat receives the sins. They kill one goat. The other goat is released into the wild and driven away from camp. Showing that their sins are away, sent away from them. Okay, and God just says they're covered. I'm not going to remember them anymore. And we've talked about the preciousness of this gift that God has given us that our sins are removed from us. He doesn't hold our sins against us. He puts them under the blood of Christ. He, he doesn't remember them. He separates them as far as the east is from the west. So he doesn't. He's saying infinite distance. He separates them from himself. He's and he says, I will not remember your sins. Jesus paid for them, and they're released. This is the beauty of this. One bird dies for him and the other one releases, is released with the carrying his sin, his, his sin or his leprosy disease away. And you notice that what was put in that water was the, the bird, the living bird, the, the, the um, cedar wood for our flesh, and the hyssop and the scarlet. Everything showing the picture of forgiveness of sin the forgiveness of our sin that we are literally represented by that piece of wood going into the clay pot, which is Jesus putting on his righteousness. It's a beautiful picture (laughs) of this cleansing ceremony. After he's, after he's cleansed, he is to go wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and wash himself in water that he may be clean. And after that, he shall come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent for seven days. So he goes and he washes. And we're told in Titus that we're washed according to the washing of the regeneration of the word of God. So this is the picture, he's being washed. What's it mean when he turns around and he's walking around for seven days? He, he is he, he, he in, in with he's in the camp, but he's not allowed his, to go into his tent tarry outside of his tent. He cannot go into his tent for seven days. So it needs to be cleansed too. Well, it's just that, and it represents our walk as we're waiting to go home. We walk in a outside of home, outside of our tent until we go home to Christ, to God in heaven. As we tarry abroad, Uh, the picture of Abraham wandering around in the wilderness as a pilgrim until he went home. And it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave off all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows and even his hair, all the, his hair he shall shave off and he shall wash his clothes and he shall wash his flesh in the water and he shall be clean. So again now on the eighth day he's going to take another another bath, get rid of all of his hair, which is a big deal for the Jews because they don't they don't cut their beards and they you know they you know trim, they don't trim the corners and all of that, and they usually have longer hair because of these. And in this case, he's to trim off all of his hair, a complete sacrifice of everything that makes him or her. Eyebrows, Eyebrows uh, all the facial hair, all the hair of his head, all the other hair for somebody like me. That would be a big, long shaving <laughs> process. Uh, but he, And then he washes again in the water of the regeneration. And then he gets to enter in his, into his tent. He gets to go. Then on the eighth day, he shall take two... He lambs without blemish, and one ewe lamb of uh, the first year without blemish, and three tenths deals of fine flour. So he's taking quite a bit of flour. It's really, uh, the log is approximately a half liter, so in, he's taking quite a bit of he's taking quite a bit of flour. And for the meat offering, and what's a meat offering? It's like you. It's the, the meal, priest the priest gets it, the meal gets to, the priest gets to consume it. And everything else, God gets And God gets the rest. All right, so he's gonna, he's gonna take the, the lambs, three lambs in all, and three-tenths deals of fine flour for the, mead, the meal offering, which would be easier to say meal offering, mingled with oil and a log of oil, so about a half a liter of oil now, the question I've had on this one is, where does he get all this stuff? He's been a leper, so how is, he, how is all this stuff? He hopefully had servants that kept his stuff for him. Uh, because this is, a, this is a pretty big, or his family, this is a pretty big offering. This is a costly offering yeah. uh, that he's going to be making because it is involving three lambs and, a, and fine flour. And remember, that fine flour is that really ground-up one where they've taken all the husk off and they've mingled it together. It represents the body of Christ and the fine oil. And it says, and the priest shall make him clean, shall, the priest that made him clean shall present the man to be made clean and those things which the Lord at the, before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle. So the priest is gonna escort him into the tabernacle. And the first time he's able to go back in the tabernacle, the priest that actually has checked him out is the one that's gonna bring him back in. And the priest shall take one he lamb and offer him as a trespass offering, and the trespass offering was for the rest, the restoration of the sinner. Remember, it restored their fellowship. Uh, so the first one is. But what if that priest is no longer alive? Well, this is the one that talked to him seven days ago. Oh. This is eight I, days from the guy I that talked to him. I was talking about. Now it's not the priest that declared that he was no, that he was. A leper. <clears throat> this is the priest that's declaring that he's clean. So they offer the trespass offering, and that is his restoration offering, the one that restores him into fellowship with God. And we're seeing this picture. He's going to he's going to participate in all five offerings that we've been talking about all through Leviticus. And these, and again, remember, three of the uh, three of them were voluntary, two of them were mandatory. But he, as a leper that's been cleansed, has to give all of the offerings. And the first one is that restoration, that being restored into fellowship with God. And that is us, when we get saved, we're restored into fellowship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And the priest shall take one lamb and offer him the trespassing and the log of oil and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And what did we say about wave offering? That was the side Side to side. side. Represented fellowship, not just a fellowship with God, but a fellowship with people. So they, they waive the the, meat, the meal offering. They waive the trespass offering. And he shall slay the lamb in the place where he, where he shall kill the sin offering and the burnt offering. In the holy place, as the sin offering is, is the priest, so is the trespass offering. It is holy. So basically he's saying he gets to come into the, into the courtyard. He's coming into the courtyard to worship. And just think about this. This is the first time he's been allowed to be in the courtyard of the temp- of the tabernacle since he's been sent out. Can you imagine the joy? This is the joy of our salvation when we come in and we come before God and we get to offer that sacrifice and say, God, thank you, I'm here. I get to be in fellowship with you again. The restoration of fellowship. being on vacation for... Well for us from birth to whenever we make the decision to come to Christ. Yeah. So this is this is a big deal. Well for him, yeah, vacation if you want to be a, called outside the camp being on vacation. Uh, and then he was to slay that lamb in there, it is a holy sacrifice. Verse 14, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering. And this priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him that it is cleansed, upon the thumb of the right hand, and upon the great toe of the right foot. What do these represent? What, is, what does it mean to be put on the, what, number one, why on the right side? Right it's on the, fe, the fellowship of God. The right, sitting on the right side right of God. Man, the, the side of approval. approval. Yeah. It's approved. Okay, the ear. To hear. His hearing, his thumb, well, his work. work. And his toe. Uh, for his walk. For his walk. Very good. <laughs> so when he comes back, he is being anointed. that His hearing will be hearing, hearing for God. His work will be work for God. And his walk will be walk with God. Just as we're supposed to do as, as Christians. We're, our, our hearing should be hearing what he wants us to hear through the word. Our walk, our, our service for him. Our walk and our daily walk will be service for him. Verse 15, and the priest shall take some of the log of the oil and pour it into the palm of his left hand, and the priest shall dip the right finger into the oil of his left hand and shall sprinkle the oil of his finger seven times before the Lord, and the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put on the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed and on the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. And what does the oil represent? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. So he's being anointed by the Holy Spirit. His hearing will be covered by the the Holy Spirit. His his work will be covered by the Holy Spirit. His walk will be covered by the Holy Spirit. And this is that picture that we have. When we get saved, we are covered in the blood in all all of our walk, Mm -hmm. hearing, and service. And we're covered by the Holy Spirit coming upon us to give us power in our correct hearing, correct service, and correct walk. This picture is a great, picture of what is to go on the blood covering our sin and covering our and covering our walk so that it'll be covered and made fresh in the whole in God and then the Holy Spirit coming on us to give the power to hear correctly to to serve correctly and to walk correctly very powerful pictures that are put over on all of this and the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand shall pour over the head is the Holy Spirit covering the way we think Okay, our hearing is covered, our, our service is covered, our walk is covered, and our thinking and, and is covered. And it it's powerful when we think about what God is picturing here. Then the priest shall offer the sin offering and make atonement for him that is cleansed for his transgression, and afterward he shall kill the burnt offering. Okay, what is the sin offering? It's the propitiation offering. What is Propitiation. It's the satisfaction of wrath. God is angry with us. The propitiation offering is the offering that satisfies his wrath. That was satisfied because of Jesus' sacrifice as our propitiation. And I know it's a big word, but it's a powerful word. (laughs) That the wrath of God is satisfied toward us. He is no longer angry with us. He is able to have fellowship with us because of the sacrifice that Jesus made that we have accepted for that propitiation. And the priest offer in verse 20, and the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meat offering upon the altar. And the priest shall make the atonement for him, and he shall be clean. And what is the burnt offering? Does anybody remember what that one is? hide goes in the fire. Everything but the hide goes in the fire. And what does it represent? Complete dedication to God, or total commitment, complete dedication. It's one of the voluntary offerings. You only made it if you really wanted to say, God, I just want to dedicate myself completely to you. And that lamb on the fire represented your complete devotion to God, saying, God, I want to be totally consumed. And that lamb represented you being consumed before God. And then he offers the meat, the meat offering or, the, or, the, or the, the meal offering. And then after all these offerings, he's declared clean. He's declared clean and righteous. Very, very important on all of this as we see all that's going on here. The, all that God is doing in this picture. And how Jesus fulfills all of these things. And, and we look at what it means for us. You know, are we dedicating ourselves completely to God as a burnt offering? Are we sharing with him our possessions in the meal offering? Are we participating with the, the, the sin offering, the propitiation offering? Are we ready for the trespass offering, the being into fellowship with God? The power of these offerings, and this, this is why people think Leviticus is a boring book, but it is powerful when we look at what it represents in the pictures that it represents. It's not just a boring book, but if you don't understand the pictures that are being presented, it can be It's just, oh, well, this is a lot of blood being shed, a lot of animals dying, but who cares? It's important for us to see that what it is representing. All right, verse 21. And if he be poor and cannot get so much, then he shall take one lamb for a trespass offering to be waived and make atonement for him and one tenth deal of fine flour mingled with oil for the meat offering and the log of oil and two turtle doves or two young pigeons such as he is able to get and the one shall be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering and he shall bring them on the eighth day for his cleansing unto the priest unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord so this is God again making if you're a poor person he gives you the provision to still be able to worship and God does this. We've seen it all through Leviticus. Every time he turns around on these offerings, there's the offering and then there's the, cha- the the way of making it. Now, remember with the trespass offering, that was the one that they get to fellowship with. So it has to be a lamb. It can't be a bird. But he gives the opportunity to be able to fellowship even though you're poor. And so God, God always makes provisions for people, rich or poor, to be able to serve. And verse 24, and the priest shall take the lamb of the trespass offering and the log of oil, and the priest shall wave them as a wave offering. And he shall kill the lamb of the trespass offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and put it on the tip of the right ear and of him to be to cleansed, and upon his right thumb and upon his right toe. And the priest shall pour the oil into the palm of his hand, and the priest shall sprinkle the the with his right finger, some of the oil that was in his left hand, seven times before the Lord, and again seven times is a number of perfection or completion. And the priest shall put the, some of the oil on his right hand, on the tip of the right ear, and upon him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of the right hand, and upon the great toe of the right foot, and the, and place the blood upon the place of the blood, and the rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put on the head of him that is to be cleansed, and to, that is to make an atonement before the Lord. The process is the same no matter whether they're wealthy or poor. The process exactly the same except for what is sacrificed. The anointing is still going to go on his ear, his thumb, and his toe. The blood, the covering will go on his, on his ear, his thumb, and his toe. The oil will be poured, you know, the remainder of the oil will be poured upon his head. The process, even for the poor person, will be the same as for the wealthy person. And the way we use it in today's vernacular is, at the foot of the cross, everybody is equal. There's nobody special at the foot of the cross. We talked about that Sunday. We all are lost in sin. No matter how rich or poor we are, no matter how good or we think we are, we are all lost sinners at the foot of the cross in need of the blood of Christ and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We are all equal. Now, it doesn't mean that we're going to stay 100% equal as we learn, and God won't give each person more responsibility or less responsibility, depending on how well they want to, they desire to serve and have surrendered themselves. And this in the in the New Testament, we saw that many times a slave and the owner of the slave would be in the same church, and the slave might have dedicated himself to God and learned the Word and might be the teacher. Mm. So in the church, he was in charge. But outside of the church, he was the servant, okay? And this happened in many times in the New Testament church, that God would raise up whom he would to do a job. And even in today's world, it's amazing when we watch who God raises up in churches and to be teachers, because it's all him. It's gotta be somebody who's willing to let God rule in their life to be in charge. And so we look at this, and, and this is just that picture. Rich or poor can both come to worship and have a way to worship, and God accepted their gifts equally, even though they're different gifts. They were each to, to serve according to what their capability was. Verse 30, And he shall offer the one of the turtle doves or of the young pigeons such as he can get, even such as he is able to get, the one for a sin offering and the one for a burnt offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him that is to be cleansed before the Lord. This is the law of him in whom the plague of leprosy, whose hand is not able to get that which pertaineth to his cleansing. Okay, so again, he offers the birds now for the sacrifice of the sin offering and the burnt offering. And those are the ones that are consumed. This is, this is what really gets me excited as I look at this stuff, so... Right, verse 33, unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When you come into the land of Canaan, which I g- sh- give you to, to you for a possession, I put a plague of pl- leprosy, and I put a plague of leprosy in a house in the land of your possession, and he that owns the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seemeth to me that there be a plague in the house. Okay, so now we're talking about they've come into their land, and the land of Canaan was polluted because of all of the sinfulness that they had god said that they were to be completely annihilated because of the extent of their sin they they were their sin was so grievous to the lord they they had all a lot of different gods that they worshiped to they sacrificed their children to these gods they had sexual perversions to the point that they didn't even name the sexual perversions. But the, everything that God says was anything that God says was a sin. A sin they'd committed, and didn't consider it sin. They murdered. They were vicious with each other. They they were one of the gods that they would they would sacrifice to when they wanted to have a good business. And they were building their business. They would put their child in the cornerstone of the building underneath the rock of the building to be the sacrifice for their business. They worshipped Dagon, which had arms that when they, when they would heat him to red hot, they'd put the babies in the arms, pull the babies into the fire. They, all, this, all of this going on, this extreme sin of Canaan and no consciousness of the sin. The total rejection of God's word and his standards. And the people were told when you go into Canaan, everybody had to die. And some people say, well, that's terrible. Well, they had 400 plus years to be able to repent. From the time that, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob wandered into Canaan and was showing them how God was, wanted them to live to the time that the children of Israel were in the land of Egypt and in slavery, God was trying to get them to come to him. They rejected God, and God said, kill Every one of them, because if you leave them there, they will be a plague of leprosy and sexually transmitted diseases and everything were rampant in the land. So God says, kill everything. I don't want anything there to pollute my people. Mm. And this is how God really wants us to be towards sin. We are not to be in fellowship with sin. That doesn't mean we can't talk to people and, and work with them and share the gospel with them. But I've said over and over, our best friends cannot be the lost world because they will drag us down. They will pollute our life. Our, we cannot be hanging around the lost to the extent of they're the ones that we are around all the time. We need to be around God's people. We need to be in his word because the plague of leprosy is in the land of Canaan and their animals were polluted the people were polluted their houses were polluted all of this was going on and God says when you have a house it looks like there is a plague in it and we would we would call that probably mildew and molds in our day you now you walk in your house and there's mold on it and you can't get rid of it you needed to go to the priest and the priest would come then the priest shall command them that they empty the house before the priest before the priest goes in to see the plague, and all that is in the house shall, not, shall be not made unclean, and afterwards the priest shall go into the house. So you called the priest and you had a busy day. Yeah. Everything in your house had to be taken out because he had to be able to see all the walls. He had to be able to see everything. And so everything would be come out, and he shall look upon the plague, and behold, if the plague be in the walls of the house, with hollow streaks, greenish and reddish, which are in sight, are lower than the wall, then the priest shall go out of the house, to the door of the house, and shut the house up for seven days. So if he sees streaks of, of gold, of a green or red, and, and, and it was actually in, not just on, not just on the, the painted surface off where it could be washed off, but literally in it, he would say he would shut the house up for seven days. All possessions are sitting outside and he shuts the house up. And and the priest shall come again on the seventh day and shall look. And behold, if the plague is spread in the walls of the house, okay, it's gotten larger, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones in which the plague is and they shall cast them into an unclean place without the city. All right, so if he sees it is growing, he says, get rid of that section of the wall. Wherever that wall is, he's saying, get rid of it and this is what we are to do with our own lives because our lives are houses our bodies are houses for our life and god says i want you to clean up your thoughts i want you to clean up what you've got and he says take away the stained leprous thought patterns verse 41 and he shall cause the house to be scraped within around about and they shall pour out the dust that is that they scrape off without the city into an unclean place and they shall take other stones and put them in the place of those stones and let and he shall take other mortar and shall plaster the house. All right, so they, take, they remove the rock, and then he says get rid of all of the dust. I mean, they're, they're saying scrape. They're, they're literally cleaning everything out of this house and removing it and taking it outside of the city, out into an unclean place. And then they then, after they've scraped everything out, they got all the dust out of that house, all the sand, all the dirt, any dust, they rebuild the wall and put new mortar on. Then if the plague come again and break out in the house after he has taken the stones and after he has scraped the house and after it has been plastered, then the priest shall come and be look and behold, if the plague be spread in the house, it is a fretting leprosy and the house is unclean. And fretting, we, we've talked about that. That's a a infectious, it's 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 it's, after they fix the, the spot, they've ripped out the wall, they put a new wall and they come back and they find that same house with leprosy or the mold and mildews again, the house is unclean. And he shall break down the house and all the stones of it and the timbers and all the mortar of the house and he shall carry them out of the city into an unclean place. So if it broke out again, you tore down the whole house rather than get the chance of being sick. And we kind of understand this now because we, you know, in our day and age, we talk about the black molds and, the, and all these different molds and mildews that can really make people sick. And God knew about it long, long ago with his people. Moreover, he that goeth into the house while it is shut up shall be unclean until the evening. So again, all those people that went in to move out the furniture or to look at it, they, they were unclean until that, that night. And he that dies in the house shall wash his clothes, and he shall eat in the house, and he that eats in the house shall wash his clothes, and if the priest shall come in and look upon it, and behold the plague is not spread in the house, after the house has been plastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean, because the plague is healed. So after they fixed it back up, and he looks at it after it you know, seven days and says, Okay, we've got a clean house, he says it's good. Yeah. And he shall take to cleanse the house two birds, and cedar wood, and scarlet, and hyssop. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? The same, the same, uh, same sacrifice for this for this leprosy. He shall kill the bir- one of the birds in the earthen pot over running water. So it's again this picture of putting the flesh in, uh, inside Christ, killing, killing it, shedding the blood over the running water of the world. He shall take the cedar, and the hyssop, and the scarlet, and the living bird, and dip them in the blood, uh, blood of the slain bird and the running water and the sprinkling and sprinkle the house seven times and he shall cleanse the house with the blood of the bird and the running water of the living and the living bird and and with the cedar and with the hyssop and the scarlet and he shall let go of the living bird out of the city into the open fields and make an atonement for the house and it shall be clean again the same picture we just had Jesus Jesus' blood and the water being put into the, the clay pot, the earthen pot, the blood being shed and our flesh being dipped inside Jesus with the, with the bird with representing our sins and the hyssop and all of these things that we had before and the bird being released. This is the law for all manner of plague of leprosy and skull and for the leprosy and garment of a house and for the rising and for the scab of the bright spot to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean, this is the law of leprosy." And it's a beautiful picture of how God makes provisions for the cleansing. It shows the picture of Jesus in that cleansing. And we're gonna go ahead and close in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you made provisions for us and the picture of your son's sacrifice for us and how we are to be dipped into the blood inside and, and put inside his, his flesh, his righteousness. And that we are placed in there and we are forgiven. And that you made provisions for all of this. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.